Welcome to Create Lounge, an inviting space for intimate conversations with fierce creatives. We value your voice, so we've created this podcast to help creatives like you share your story with a community who deeply cares about who you are and what you create. I'm Kayla of KaylaHollitz.com, a community and brand coach, a poet, and a passion project enthusiast. I created Create Lounge to connect with fellow creatives and encourage them to embrace the multitude of their creativity. Creative living starts here. Won't you join us? Today we will be chatting with Sarah Von Bargen, the writer behind the popular blog Yes and Yes. We're so excited to have her here with us on the show today. So hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Oh, like it has just been so amazing connecting with you this year because we were actually introduced by Anthony on who has been on the show um, with us before. But it's so exciting to have you here on the show. I'm sure a lot of people listening know who you are. But how about before we really jump into our episode, you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Sarah Von Bargen. I have been getting paid to write since I was 20. And I have been blogging for eight years, nine years, uh, like so long. <laughs> so I'm I'm like a total like OG blogger. Um, so I've been blogging for a really long time. It has been my sole source of income. Writing and blogging has been my sole source of income for five years. That is amazing. Like that is just an accomplishment all in itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I do that through e-courses, e-books. I have an app. I've sold calendars in the past. Um, and I also do consulting. And uh, I also ha- make money through um, affiliate links and affiliate sales. Wow. Like you are just the epitome of, I think, what a lot of bloggers really hope to shoot for. So I would love to know kind of how you got started with blogging and some of the paths that you took first with monetization. Sure. Um, well. I had been reading blogs for, for quite a while, and there was a very specific type of blog that I wanted to read. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to read something that was funny, that was well-written, <laughs> and I wanted something that uh, sort of covered different topics all the time. Like, I didn't want to read just a fashion blog or just a blog about feminism or just a blog about self-development. I wanted to go to one place and get lots of different content mm-hmm. in that place. And I didn't particularly want to go to like Jezebel or a place that like has a huge staff and is like under an umbrella. I I sort of wanted, I wanted basically like someone who did all that stuff themselves and I couldn't find it. And so I just invented it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess I sort of inadvertently found a hole in the market because it became pretty successful and I was able to make my living off of it. And I think it's so amazing because of course, you know, around the the blogging world now, we hear a lot about how you have to niche down to be successful. And while, of course, having a niche can help you be successful, I mean, you have just been an incredible example for how you can write about what you want to write about, and you don't have to exclusively just cover one topic. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I would say it has been both the my favorite thing about my blog, but to be totally honest, like I know people who have significantly less traffic than I do, who make more money than I do because they are niche. Like I know beauty bloggers who sign contracts with 
you know, huge beauty agencies and have big sponsorships because it's it's so easy if you're L'Oreal to partner with this beauty blogger. Sure. It's much harder if you sort of blog about everything to really, you know, sell yourself effectively. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, yeah, I think it's really great, though, that you've still been really authentic to who you are through blogging. And of course, that you know, shows through. And I mean, you've still been able to make your living off of it, which is just insanely amazing. (laughs) Yes. And I would say the other thing is that for me, I have been able to post so consistently and continue to really love what I do because I'm not such a niche blog. Like, I think if I had only been writing about travel, I I can't imagine that I would still be blogging. I would have burnt out after a few years. If I had only been writing about self-development, I think I would have burnt out after a few years. So for me, having such varied content Mm -hmm. is, has what helped, has been what's helped me um, create and publish so consistently. And, and it also, it sort of helps me with sponsors because Mm. I, I can find lots of different sponsors and honestly i hear from readers all the time like i've been reading you forever i love that when i come to your site i don't know what's going to be there it's always something different (laughs) so i i i am really glad that i have not niched down i professionally the professional advice maybe you should but but also know that you can make a living without just narrowing down to one specific thing. Absolutely. And I think it's really true what you said about, you know, if you pick one thing, sometimes it does happen where you can get a little burnt out from it. And I have definitely gone through that, um, especially in the beginning. I was like rebranding all the time and that was not good for anybody. Um, but I think it's really great that, you know, you just have to pick what's authentic to you. If you really are passionate about one specific topic and you have been for years, yeah, sure, go for that topic. Topic and understand, yeah, some of those monetization strategies that work really well for if you're narrowing it down to that one thing. But yeah, I just love that you have shown that you can be a really brilliant exception for people who want to just blog and write about the things they want to write about. So what really inspired you to blog under the name Yes and Yes? Because I, I love that name. So I'd love to hear if there's a story behind it. Well, it was... I wish that I could tell you it was like really strategic, but it, it, it totally wasn't. It was more like it, it's very, it, it was and it still is something that I say in my life. And it also sort of encapsulates, as, as incredibly cheesy as it sounds, it, it's something that sort of encapsulates my approach to life. Like I'm very adventurous. I'm very like open to possibility. It's very frequently you know, some friend will come up with a crazy idea and be like, do you want to go do this random thing with me? I'll be like, oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Like, (laughs) there have been many times when I've gotten an email from a friend being like, so I have an extra ticket to Mexico. It's all expenses paid. Do you want to come with? And I'm like, two weeks from now? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. So it's it's sort of just indicative of, of how I try and navigate life. And I liked that it was a title that wasn't going to paint me into a corner. Mm. I knew that I was I was sort of leaving myself open to whatever I wanted to write about. I didn't have to be about travel. I didn't have to be about friendships or relationships. With a, with a name like Yes and Yes, I could sort of write about anything and it was sort of a vague, positive, easy to remember, easy to say name. Like I always tell my clients, it's really good to have a URL that you can yell across a crowded bar. <laughs> I love that tip. I've never thought of it like that, but that's true. Yeah, and you don't you don't want to be like it's this underscore capital dot net. Like that's <laughs> hard to do. So I, I mostly honestly I just got lucky. Oh, well, 
best kind of luck there is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the tagline you have too about, uh, you know, because yes is more fun than no, which is so true for your blog. And I love one of the things that you do on your blog specifically is that you make a yes list for every single year. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about kind of how that got started. Yes. Um, so I think I was turning 30 um, and I wanted to do something that was fun and noteworthy. And I am someone who does very, very well um, with lists. Mm -hmm. I do very well with like systematized processes. And I, I love, I'm much more creative within boundaries. Like I'm much better at like, I'm gonna read everything written by this author or mm. I'm gonna like eat lemon meringue pie at like all of these restaurants and find the best one. Like that's just sort of, I'm a Virgo. That's, that's <laughs> sort of like how I operate. So I loved the idea of sort of creating a list of new things that I was gonna try and then working through those new things and writing about them. And the rule that I set for myself was preferably these new things would cost less than $50 and they would be things that I could do in one day. It wasn't like training for a marathon because obviously that's like months of preparation. <laughs> it sure. was because that's, I mean, the likelihood that I'm going to do that is, is pretty low. Um, so I wanted things that were that were pretty attainable. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to mix in some things that were honestly pretty mundane because all of us have things that we haven't tried that are totally unexciting, <laughs> like a specific type of food, or we haven't seen this movie that everybody else has seen, or we haven't read this book that everybody's read. So in my list, there's usually some stuff that's honestly like pretty boring, like try Ethiopian food or read East of Eden or watch <laughs> The Sandlot. Like those are all things that have previously been on my list because I hadn't done them before. So some of my new things are pretty mundane and some of them are more like, take a burlesque class, run a 5K, you know, go scuba diving, stuff that's a little bit hard, quote unquote harder. But it's been, it's been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I really like that you kind of balance out the adventurous side of things. Like you said, like, I know and I remember when you were talking to Anthony and I about the burlesque class and it sounded like you learned so many cool things from that experience. But also, yeah, being able to couple it with some of the things that you've just been pushing off your to-do list because... All of us do that. Oh man, I love it. And so what kind of made you decide that you wanted to do this yes list every year and kind of on your birthday too? Um, well, it's been um, a really great way to try new things and to, you know, make my life more exciting and more to sort of be more engaged with my life. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, myself very much included, we have a tendency to do like you know, like one to three really exciting things each year. Like we go on some big trip or we like train for a marathon or we move to a different neighborhood or we like take a Spanish class and that's like our big thing. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. But, but just trying those new little things is so good. It's really good for your brain. It's really good for your life. There have been studies that um, novelty, trying new things, it actually... This sounds crazy, but it actually stretches time. It, mm. it stretches how you perceive time. Like when you think about when you go on vacation to a city where you've never been, and maybe you're only there for three days, but it feels like you were gone for like two and a half weeks. And the days seem so long because it's a new city and you're eating new food and you're talking to new people. When you try new things, it's that same thing. It, it stretches time and your weeks and days 
and years feel richer and longer. Like you don't have that feeling of like, oh my God, how is it August? Or like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, like, is it Friday already? Like, I can't believe it. But like trying those new things, it, it sounds ridiculous and cheesy, but it really adds depth and flavor to your life, I, I, in my experience at least. Yeah, and that's so beautiful. And I love also, you know, with you being a writer, I'm sure that it gives you so many more experiences to write about too. So how do you go about kind of documenting uh, when you check off any of these yeses off your list? Well, that's a good question. Well, so for a long time, I uh, wrote blog posts about every new thing that I experienced. Mm -hmm. But what I sort of, what has sort of happened is some of these new things are like really mind blowing and really like shift my perception of, you know, of like my body and mm. and life and relationships. And some of them are just like, eh, I watched that movie and it was fine. Um, <laughs> and but I felt a lot of pressure. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, what is the life changing epiphany that I had from watching The Sandlot? <laughs> you know. And so then I would like put all this pressure on myself to create like a really meaningful blog post mm. about this thing that I did. Um, and I and then the other side of that is I had experiences that were like really meaningful and personal that I didn't necessarily feel like I don't, you know, like taking a burlesque class for six weeks and taking off your clothes in front of, you know, hundreds of strangers. This the like emotional stuff that comes with that is not necessarily something that I want to <laughs> share with like 20,000 readers. And it's and having been online for so long, it's nice to like keep some things, mm -hmm. you know, just to myself. So I've actually started instead of writing blog posts about them, I just share a photo of it on Instagram. Oh, um, I like because, that. Because to me, it, it A, makes it a lot easier because that's, you know, a blog post I don't have to write. And it's a way of encouraging my followers to try new things without putting pressure on myself to have some sort of epiphany or share things that I maybe mm. want to keep to myself. Yeah. So how do you kind of decide what you want to keep private and then what you also want to share publicly too? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, for a long time and still to a certain extent, <laughs> my thought process was, could I tell my mother about this mm. in real life face to face? <laughs> because like my entire extended family reads my blog. And if it's something that I would be too ashamed or too embarrassed to like talk about my parents with over the dinner table, I didn't publish it. <laughs> um, and I think also, and also simultaneously, if a reader came up to me at the grocery store and was like, oh my gosh, I loved your blog post about X, Y, and Z. And they were like talking really loudly and everybody was looking at us. Would I be like, okay, no, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> you know? so like that, that is, um, I would probably not publish that. And also um, last year I got married and became a stepmom. Um, so I'm also conscious about mm. the fact that, you know, my stepsons uh, can go on the internet and read everything that I've written, which doesn't mean that like, I'm never gonna swear or I'm never gonna talk about mm. anything you know, challenging, but you know, I want to be, I want to be conscious of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that rings true for me too, because there are times where, yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with a high school acquaintance and they'll say that they read something of mine about something pretty vulnerable. And I'm like, oh wait, like people I know know are actually <laughs> right? reading this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Like it's always crazy to me when I look on the Facebook page for my blog and I can see like people who've liked you know, certain things mm -hmm. that I've written and I can see like people who I went to high school with, but I wasn't necessarily like close to, but they're following me, on my Facebook page. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. Like, oh, she knows about that thing <laughs> that I said about my husband. Oh, ugh. so I mean, it, it's a hard line to walk, but I sure. try, 
I try just to think, you know, like if I would be embarrassed if somebody approached me in public and talked to me, talked loudly mm-hmm. about this topic with me, then maybe I shouldn't be publishing it. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to just kind of gauge where you are on the scale of what you want to share. Because I mean, of course, we all want to be authentic online. We all want to be vulnerable and transparent. Um, but yeah, making sure that it also comes in, you know, being of service um, to our audience too. And I think sometimes, yeah, being of service means keeping something on our own that's private too. So is there a way that you document privately um, some of these things that you say yes to then when you decide not to publicly share them in full on your blog? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I'm usually, I'm I'm a big photographer, so I take lots of photos on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then usually what I do at the end of every year, I'll use like Shutterfly or one of those um, services and have like a nice like photo album put together. Mm-hmm. The other thing um, that I do, and I think I've actually shared this maybe on Instagram, is one of my favorite things to do after I take a trip is a 100 memories list. Mm. Um, so like on the flight back or on the drive back, I'll just get out a notebook and my husband or whoever I was traveling with, we will go around the car or the the airline row and, and like just pass it along and we'll each write memories from the trip, um, which is, and it's really easy up until memory like 37 and then you have to really start digging. But I found that those are sort of the most fun things where you're like, that thing that the resort owner said or the funny waitress at that restaurant or, So that's a way that I document it for myself. I love that idea of doing it in the moment because I always feel like once I actually, you know, the plane touches down back home, you just forget almost everything. Yep. And it's awesome that it's a group activity too. Like if you're kind of passing it along and you're like, oh, remember when? (laughs) Yes. And then if you're, if you're really, I've done this before, if you're really hardcore and this is maybe like a trip that you did with friends, you wait like six months and you pull out the notebook and you make photocopies of those memories and you send it to them (laughs) in the postal, like through the actual mail. Yes. And people love it. They love it. I love that. I have to do that for the next trip that I go on then. Like, yeah, it's, it's done. so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. So kind of with this yes list, um, what do you feel like are some of the, you know, best and most favorite opportunities that you have said yes to, whether they are with your blog and business or even in your personal life um, since kind of doing this more yes list regular activity? Oh, that's that's a good question. Well, I would say um, the burlesque class that I took mm-hmm. was amazing. It was I so highly recommend it to pretty much like every woman ever. Um, it it was it was wonderful. It was extremely empowering. It was it was just great. Um, there are several things that I tried once and was like, oh my gosh, this needs to be part of my daily life forever. Mm. Or my like, I had never gotten a professional pedicure before I started this list. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and now, oh my God, they're so wonderful. Like I don't care about manicures, but professional pedicures, I get them. They're part of my like self-care practice. Oh, they're I wonderful. Um, so professional pedicures, burlesque class. Um, I had only read one Steinbeck book before I started this list. And I've and then I read East of Eden, which is now in my top five favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never watched any of the Godfather movies before this. And as everybody knows, they're amazing. So that was really good. Um, and sort of the byproduct of this list is that it's been a really great way to sort of deepen my friendships mm. because, you know, like a lot of us, we catch up with our friends like at backyard barbecues or we go to movies or we go to concerts or we meet over coffee. 
And especially like movies and concerts, that's like, you're not even necessarily interacting with each other. You're like sure. facing something else. And, and when you're out in public having coffee, you're probably going to be there for like an hour. And the amount of like vulnerability you can share in a public space is, is pretty limited. Mm-hmm. And you're not really like making new memories. But trying these new things with friends has been wonderful. And, and for whatever reason, people are so much more open to it. If you say like, oh, it's on my list. Will you do this with me? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they're so much more open to that than if you're like, hey, I've always wanted to do this. You want to come with me? I mean, sometimes people will go, but if you're like, it's on my list, it's on my 30 before 30 list or whatever, for whatever reason, people are like really excited to help you cross that off. So I've had tons of awesome experiences with friends trying all sorts of weird things. And it's been great to create these really fun, weird memories with people. And it's also like a pretty vulnerable thing to do something new with somebody. Mm -hmm. And so it's very bonding when you're both like, oh my God, what are we doing? (laughs) Oh, I'm scared. Can you do this? I'm scared. It's, it's wonderful. Like I cannot recommend it highly enough. Oh, I love this idea of doing these things with friends too. And I have totally seen that too. Like anytime I tell somebody that it's on my bucket list, they already, you know, yeah, they jump way more into it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just wonderful. And what's so funny is a friend of mine uh, I took a trapeze class Mm. and I got my friend into it and now she does it all the time and she's actually dating like has been dating the trapeze instructor for like a year and a half that she met yes (laughs) yes you're like at your wedding you have to give a little plug to my yes list yes (laughs) yes right that is awesome what would you say are some of the best things that you've tried then with friends Oh my gosh. Well, I would say uh, a bunch of friends took a pottery class with me. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. The trapeze class was fun. Um, oh, hip hop dance classes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're I'd great. be so into that. Yes. Awesome. And we, and we went repeat, like we went until the studio closed down. Like we were going every week for months <laughs> and months. That was really great. Um, reading books together, mm. watching movies together, trying recipes together, especially sort of like the really complicated things like baking bread or um, making like a key lime pie. And it's been, I think it's also really nice because obviously we all have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. If you have a friend who has something that they're really good at and you want to try, but you don't know how it gives them an opportunity to like show off part of their life that maybe they don't necessarily get to show off otherwise. And to like do this awesome thing in front of their friend and teach them, which everybody loves. I just love this whole focus on saying yes with friends because I feel like so often like we see different people going on really fun dates, um, you know, with their partners. But I think just having the shift of also going on those fun things with your like friendship. Yes. uh, Oh, absolutely. Total game changer because, yeah, I love your thinking about, you know how it just opens people up and helps people share experiences um, and memories and different things that come up that maybe they wouldn't have if, yeah, you were just sitting over coffee or, you know, sitting next to each other watching a movie. I just love this whole idea. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so wonderful. And it, and it creates memories in a way that, that just don't happen when you're just like getting cocktails or having coffee. Sure, absolutely. And so I would love to know, just kind of in wrapping up this episode, what has helped you lean more into kind of all of these different yeses in your life? Well, I would say that honestly, like the more you say yes, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I mean, there are plenty of times when I've said yes, either to things on this list or to professional endeavors or 
friendships or relationships or meeting somebody for coffee where like it didn't work out you know like that person was not awesome and like that business opportunity was not a good idea but it those things are definitely in the minority and also it, it when something doesn't work out and you recover it sort of reminds you that like I can do this like I tried it it didn't work I didn't die mm-hmm. I you know like it didn't ruin my business it didn't ruin my life so saying yes most of the time works out really well and in the few times when it doesn't work it helps you become a stronger person and reminds you like of how capable you are absolutely I love that it just like yeah it really stretches you outside of that comfort zone um and whether the you know the af- like the result of it is that it turns out really well or even it's a learning experience. Um, I-, I think there's just so much to be said for having a more yes attitude. Yeah, one of the things that I have found incredibly helpful in terms of trying new things and just in terms of my life, and this sounds so cheesy, you guys, <laughs> but it's the phrase, um, why is this happening for me? So I think a lot of us have a tendency when something doesn't go well to ask, why is this happening to me? Like this awful thing, why is this happening? But if you can choose to interpret it as something that's happening for you, it's happening so you can learn a lesson. It's happening so you can, you know, develop empathy. It's happening so you can do the thing that you know you needed to do, but you were avoiding doing. So that's, that's something that I have found very helpful when when I am faced with challenges, I ask myself, why is this happening for me? Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Like that perspective shift. And I feel like I need that in a hand-lettered print on my wall or something. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's totally like an embroidered thing on a pillow. Yes, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing a little bit more of your story and as well, like all these amazing tips with us. I'm sure all of us, including myself, are going to create like a yes list right now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the Create Lounge podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave a rating and comment to let us know what you think. Want to be a part of our community? Sign up and join us at createlounge.com. We can't wait to meet you.